Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 221 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. Today, we're going to talk about mule deer behavior. And the reason is it's important for not just biologists to understand behavior, but why hunters and conservationists and people who live in mule deer habitat, uh, why they need to know about it and why they need to understand, because it's going to affect everything they do. We're going to talk about, we're going to start off with hunting success because most of the people who listen to my channel are hunters, but we're going to delve into conservation, ecological coexistence, all of that. Hunters, why do you need to know about mule deer behavior? It's important. If you're hunting mule deer, you need to understand behavior. You can't just show up to the same hill over and over again because eventually things are going to shift and we're going to talk about what's going to shift and why it shifts. So when you're looking at mule deer for hunting, you need to understand feeding patterns. You need to understand when they're laying down during the day, when they're getting up and moving, when they're out moving. You need to understand migration routes and the direction that they like to go because it's going to help you be more successful in finding animals. If you just show up to the same knob, the same hill every year and you get nothing, it's because you know nothing. You need to understand what mule deer are doing, why mule deer are acting the way they're acting, and then that will tell you more you need to know about mule deer. If, you're, if you know nothing about habitat, then you know nothing about what they feed on. And that's important to understand. Because you can always go to a hay field and be like, oh, I can always find a deer in the hay field. But eventually they're going to be so pressured because everybody's going to the hay field that you're going to have to start looking elsewhere. Or what if you go to a different county or a different hunting district or a different state? Habitat's going to be different. Animals are going to act a little bit different. But if you know the basic things about their feeding patterns, their seasonal movements, their rutting behavior, preferred habitat, it's going to greatly and enhance or increase your chances of harvesting an animal because you're going to start looking and be like, oh, okay, they they really prefer the sagebrush step. They really like that bitter brush. They're not so much going to be in the conifers and aspens, and the, I need to start looking here. Or there's no water within 50 miles of this place, so I need to start looking for areas that have a little bit more water. Maybe there's some guzzlers in the area, and you're going to start to learn about those type of things. Conservationists and wildlife managers, it's important just because they're the ones who are protecting those animals. It's their job to look after the welfare of the animal. So they need to understand the feeding patterns, seasonal movements, running behavior, preferred habitats, because they need to protect all of those things. If you don't have a migration corridor for mule deer, then they're going to be trapped and they're going to be cut off and they won't be able to migrate. And so you're going to have problems when you cut off that corridor. Animals can't move into those areas where they need to feed because it's been cut off. And so you're going to start having some die off because they're not getting the feed or the nutrition that they need. Harsh winters. Those are, those are all problems. Feeding patterns. You need to understand what are they feeding on? Where are they moving and you need to start looking at the habitat and be like, okay, we've got a lot of junipers in this area, but not very much bitter brush. Why do we not have more bitter brush? And start using grazing in different ways to manipulate, manipulate the habitat to get the preferred vegetation you need for that habitat. And breeding areas, it's important. If does can't breed and they can't give birth to fawns, then 
you're just done as a species. If you're building Walmarts in preferred habitat, that's going to create a problem because the mothers take the fawns from their one seasonal movement to their next one, and they're the ones who are teaching them. If the mother goes and has a fawn in a in a in a birthing area, and then migrates to summer range, and then comes back, and there's a Walmart there, the next few generations are obviously going to have some massive problems. So, looking at all those areas, protecting those areas, and making sure they're safe—it's just important. Ecological. It's important. They're they're part of that ecosystem. And we're starting to understand that when you remove one part of the ecosystem, something else starts to falter and fall in. I don't know if we pulled mule deer out, what is going to happen? I don't know, but I don't also want to know. I don't ever want to come to that situation where we don't have mule deer in this area. So we need to make sure that we are not over grazing certain areas, excluding animals. We want to make sure that we are doing the correct habitat work. Does there need to be a fire regime instituted? Very difficult. And if we can't get fire, are there other ways that we can bring in and do some habitat work and make sure that we are protecting these species as they are eventually just being shoved into their own little boxes and corners? Uh, this one's a, a difficult one. I'm surprised. But this one is a difficult one, not for me to understand, but for a lot of people to understand. And I believe in the fact of coexistence. We are here on this earth. They are here on this earth. I believe they have as much right to be here as we do. Yes, I eat them because my body needs meat and needs protein, but I don't need to kill them all. I don't want to kill them all. Coexistence is very important. Human-wildlife conflicts, there's always going to be conflicts. I, I guess me working in wildlife conflict, I, I come to understand that there's always going to be conflict. But there's workarounds in conflict. And we need to figure out some of those workarounds. Organizations that are out there trying to stop conflict by going to court aren't necessarily helping the problem. Uh, a rancher who is having his livestock killed by wolves obviously has a problem with wolves eating his livestock because if they eat his livestock, he can't get paid. He can't support his family. You know, uh, there's a lot of ground he's got to take care of. There's a lot of money tied up in the land. And so it creates problems. But these organizations, if they were to go out and maybe supplement his losses from wolves, then all of a sudden he is now being paid to tolerate wolves and there's a workaround right there. Coexistence, in my opinion, is huge. Coexistence is important. The things that we all need to understand, and it's, under, it's important for coexistence, it's important for ecosystems, all of these things. Seasonal movements, they migrate. Some migrate very short distances, five miles. Others migrate hundreds of miles across the Uintas or in Wyoming into the Wind Rivers and back. And they are moving and we need to understand and watch for those corridors to make sure we're not blocking those or cutting them off. Breeding and rutting behavior, it's important to understand these situations. One of, one of the reasons is it's one of the best ways to go out and see how many deer are out there because they are less um, 
aware of their surroundings, especially the males. They are just nuts, and they're trying to find all the females. It's easier to find them this time of year. It's easier for biologists to do counts and to do those type of things, as well as hunters to get their harvest. Feeding habits, it's important to understand their dietary preferences. If you go in and you say, hey, we need to uh, wipe out this stand of bitterbrush and sagebrush and snowberries, and we just need to plant alfalfa. Like that's going to be great for them in August or April through August. But what happens after through those winter months when there's no protection, there's no places for them to hide. There's nothing for them to feed on because you just planted alfalfa and then you cut it off and now there's nothing for them to eat. That's where the situation comes in. Understanding not necessarily what their candy is, which is alfalfa, but understanding what's going to help them through the wintertime. Understanding interactions with predators is important. and uh, How that's going to come into play, whether some populations are being uh, held low because of predator-prey interactions, or are we targeting predators too much and its disease or habitat or fences. And then understanding the impact we have on us. There's a, a push right now in Park City to save the moose from getting on the freeway, and they want to put up more fencing. But the research shows that more fencing isn't necessarily what we want because it impedes migration corridors, but lower speeds is, is more important. The lower the speed, the more vigilant people are and the easier it is for them to stop that's more beneficial to wildlife than a fence but are we really willing to drop from 65 down to 45 research says no because all the speeds are going faster and faster and faster all right, that is it for this episode. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Uh, if you like today's episode, go ahead and hit the like button. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all the other social media platforms. And just in general, understanding mule their behavior and the insights it gives us is just, it's important for the history of mule deer. It's important for the direction that we're going with mule deer. That's what I got. Have a great day. Stay wild.